0: Life Audio. I think one of the greatest misconceptions in today's American church is that it's an option to care for the needy, the poor, the widow. And what we see in both the Old Testament and the New Testament is that it's not an option. In fact, it's on the very heart of God. And if it's on God's heart, it also should be on our heart. So as we walk through today's psalm, we're going to look at that very thing and really examine what it means to care for those that are in the marginalized parts of society. Stay tuned. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what he says in his word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today we're going through Psalm 113 as part of our devotional reading through the Psalms. And we're reading through these Psalms really in an effort to help you understand them, get some clarity around them, not to replace your Bible reading, but to help supplement it. If you would like to dig a little bit deeper, I have resources on my website. Every Monday I send out a newsletter, you can sign up for that at shehears.org, that sends out some journaling prompts to go along with these episodes. And then if you'd like to previous journaling prompts, you can get those on the resources section. And those are just some additional resources to help you get this information from your head into your heart. As we go through Psalm 113, today I'm reading from the NIV, starting at verse one. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, you his servants. Praise the name of the Lord. Let the name of the Lord be praised both now and forevermore from the rising of the sun to the place where it sets the name of the Lord is to be praised. The Lord is exalted over all the nations, his glory above the heavens. Who is like our God, the one who sits enthroned on high, who stoops down to look on the heavens and on the earth. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. He seats them with princes, with the princes of his people. He settles the childless woman in her home as a happy mother of children. Praise the Lord. Now, as we read this, there's a couple of things that I want to point out that I think may be helpful for you as we study through this this passage. Psalm 113 is a psalm that's really celebrating God's sovereignty and His involvement with His creation. So, yesterday and in the last couple of days, in fact, we've been talking about the Creator and His creation. And so, what we're seeing in this psalm is God's involvement with the most vulnerable part of his creation, which is the needy and then, of course, the widow. This would have been a psalm that would have been sung before the Passover meal, actually, and sometimes during the rest afterwards. The psalmist is really calling on God's servants to praise him. That's what opens up the psalm in verses one through three, where it says the name of the Lord. That's recognizing the reputation of God. And of course, that reputation has been accentuated by the character of God and the way that he typically acts on the behalf of his people. And so his worship, it's basically insinuating that that worship should be unending when it says both now and forevermore. And then not only unending, but universal, where it says from the rising of the sun to the place where it sets. That role that that Yahweh, that Father God has played in the life of his creation and his people should evoke in us this praise that does not stop and does not matter who you are because we see him as this universal God. Yes, he's the God of Yahweh, Yahweh is the God of the, the Jewish people. But what we know now is that he is the God of everyone and he doesn't hold himself back from anyone. So really, when we talk about salvation, that is a free gift that is offered to anybody that will accept that gift. It does not matter if you're man or woman or like what we're seeing even in today's psalm. It does not matter if you're needy or impoverished or childless. He doesn't discriminate down in four through six, it's talking about how God is greater than anything. When it talks about his glory, he's talking about how that transcends not even just the heavens, but the earth as well. And so there's this rhetorical question that the psalmist asks. He says, who is like our God? And what he's doing is he's trying to emphasize that nature that God has that cannot be compared to anything else. And what's so interesting about it is he's revealing how God's presence isn't limited the way that our presence is. And so he is both in charge of creation and separate from creation, but involved in creation. He remains involved with his creation. And so you have to remember the time that this was written... They they were a polytheistic culture around ancient Israel. So while the Israelite people themselves only believed in one true God, in ancient Mesopotamia, in the ancient Near East, all the surrounding nations around them, they were polytheistic. They had many gods. And so this is almost a testimony to speak to that very thing, because those other gods that those other nations worshipped, they were either totally other than creation and uninvolved or they they were part of creation meaning like the sun god was something to be worshiped. That was one of their gods. And so even though we would recognize the sun as a creation, they would recognize the sun as a God. And so this is a distinction that the psalmist is making because he's saying God is not the creation. He's the creator, but he remains involved with his creation. And that's an important distinction, especially for this original audience and the way that they would have heard that and understood it. And then, of course, this identification with his creation where God stays involved. He's talking about how the God's throne itself is in heaven, but then he concerns himself with us here on earth. And so that verb that he's using to stoop down is this indication of God's amazing greatness but yet his willingness to come down on our behalf on the behalf of his creation both both in terms of his heavenly creation meaning the angels and the planets and the stars and then the creation of people the the people that he's intimately cared for and concerned for and so when we think about the needy and the childless the vulnerable that's what um, the final stanza is really speaking to. It's highlighting the ways that this amazing God, who is the creator of everything, then stoops down to the earth to help the most vulnerable. And he comes to the aid of those that are poor, and he raises them out of of that position that they're in. And God himself, he's seated on high, but he raises them up to his position. And God is not favoring the rich and the famous and not giving favor to those people. Instead, what we see throughout scripture is he makes those to be last. And he says, the last shall be first. He raises the lowly to this higher position. And so he comes to the aid also of the barren women or the the childless women or the widows. And what we see when he works on behalf of the barren women, a lot of times we see him opening their wombs to provide them with children because in ancient Israel, A childless woman was very vulnerable because it was the child that was going to carry on and take care of her in her old age that was going to be her security, so to speak. And so that vulnerability was very, very real. If you remember Rachel's appeal to Jacob were back in Genesis chapter 30 she says give me children or I'll die. That was the reality for those living in that time frame. And so she she had a lot of relief when she says later in Genesis chapter 30 I think it's verse 6 she says God has vindicated me because he's listened to my plea and he's given me a son. So this psalm is really speaking to that general idea of this vulnerability what Psalm 113 is doing is he's calling on God's people to praise God for being this glorious, amazing God who also remains involved in the life of his people. And so what this Psalm does is it gives a certain hope to those that are socially vulnerable, the the poor, the women that are childless, the women that are widowed. In terms of the childless woman, The Old Testament is full of stories of how God opened the wombs of barren women. And we hear about that with Sarah in Genesis and Rebecca in Genesis and Rachel in Genesis and Samson's mother in Judges and Hannah in 1 Samuel and um, Elizabeth even in Luke. And so Hannah, I want to remind you about Hannah because her story gives... Um, a little bit of extra understanding. And it deserves a little bit of a special mention, because after she gives birth to Samuel, she brings praises to God in a song that shares a lot of the same elements as this Psalm does, this Psalm 113. And so I'm actually going to read that it's first Samuel two one through 10. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll get into the rest of the Psalm. Stay tuned. This is a little bit long, but bear with me. Now, this is right after she's given birth to Samuel, after being barren. It says, Then Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. In the Lord, my horn is lifted high. My mouth boasts over my enemies, for I delight in your deliverance. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Do not keep talking so proudly or let your mouth speak such arrogance, for the Lord is a God who knows, and by him deeds are weighed. The bows of the warrior are broken, but those who stumbled are armed with strength. Those who were full hire themselves out for food, but those who were hungry are hungry no more. She who was barren... Was born seven children, but she who has had many sons pines away. The Lord brings death and makes alive, He brings down to the grave and raises up. The Lord sends poverty and wealth, He humbles and He exalts. He raises the poor from the dust and He lifts the needy from the ash heap. He sets them with princes and has them and inherit a throne of honor. For the foundations of the earth are the Lord's, on them He has set the world. He will guard the feet of his faithful servants, but the wicked will be silenced in the place of darkness. It is not by strength that one prevails. Those who oppose the Lord will be broken. The most high will thunder from heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. And so you see, there's a lot of parallels with the song that, that she sings and what we're reading in today's psalm. If you think about the New Testament, of course, we know about the story of the famous birth of Jesus. And while Mary wasn't barren, she was a virgin. And still, what we see is that God opened her womb to give birth to the Savior of the world. And then she also responded with a song that celebrated the one who says, um, She says this in Luke 1, uh, he, He was the one who's lifted up the humble. And so. This psalm is one that would have been sung by Jesus and the disciples during their last Passover meal together. And I think that's so important because if you think about this in terms of, you know, some of the final words, the final things that Jesus spoke, the final, one of some of the final songs that he sang were about this idea of helping the weak and the vulnerable. You know, I work with some of the most vulnerable children in the globe to be perfectly honest, in in all of the world. And one of the things that I have seen over and over again is a God who lifts up the poor and the needy. I've seen testimony after testimony of a God that reaches down into the middle of that mess, and there's hope because of who He is. In situations and circumstances that should not exist, even in my own life, thinking about how He's lifted me out of situations that I was in as a child, those things should not have happened but God The creator stays involved with his creation. So given that insight, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to read Psalm 113 again. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, you his servants. Praise the name of the Lord. Let the name of the Lord be praised, both now and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to the place where it sets, the name of the Lord is to be praised. The Lord is exalted over all the nations, his glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God, the one who sits enthroned on high, who stoops down to look on the heavens and the earth? He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. He sets them with princes, with the princes of his people. He settles the childless woman in her home as a happy mother of children. Praise the Lord. Father God, I just want to lift up any of my friends that are listening today that may be childless, that may be experiencing something similar, or maybe walking in, maybe it's not... um physical poverty, maybe it's spiritual poverty, maybe it's emotional poverty, or maybe it is physical poverty. God, help us to recognize that you are a God of hope, that you care intimately about your creation as a creator. God, let us recognize that this psalm and the thread that we see woven throughout scripture reveals to us that you care about the needy, the hurting, the broken, the vulnerable. God, we thank you for a God that that reaches down, to where we are in the middle of our mess and gives us hope. We thank you and praise you in all things. Amen. Hey friends, are you needing a couple more resources? I want to let you know that in addition to the resources I mentioned today on the show, I have a whole section of my website called the resources page. There is a free download for a seven-day devotional. There are lots of Bibles, journaling Bibles, note-taking Bibles. There's my Bible study, She Hears, which is a Bible study about Jesus and the book of John and six women that he interacts with. He encourages, he calls, he equips. And then in that Bible study, i teach the color method and the color method is designed for you to be able to take that method and use it on any passage of scripture. So I encourage you to check that out if you're finding that you need some additional resources to dig a little bit deeper. I pray those are a blessing for you. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call in your life,